You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Tauber Lee, and I am here for deep soul-level conversations and connections about spirituality, to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath, leave what you know at the door, and step into the mysteries with me. Today's guest first began practicing witchcraft in her early teens, and although she set it aside as she got older, she returned to her true calling after years of pursuing what she thought would lead to fulfillment, the house, the car, the boyfriend, and yet she knew something was missing, and she researched many different spiritual paths, and today is a coach and mentor for leaders and entrepreneurs, teaching them how to use real magic to up-level their life and business, and what I love about her the most is her practical way of calling out our limiting beliefs. And this has happened many times with today's guest because it seems like when I see her in my feed, she comes up with a topic or a line or something that I'm sure she is speaking directly to me. In this case, recently, she posted a title at the top of one of her posts that said, uh, posting on social media isn't the same as being visible. And I was like, oh, like, right. That was like a a knife right to my gut. She called me out. And I'm so excited to have Kelly Dawn joining me today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And one of the things when I first, I don't, I never remember how I find people, but when I first found you, one thing that I really liked is that you're located in Ontario, Canada, which, you know, I spent 14 years in the greater Toronto area, went to, you know, school in the town that you live in. And so I I feel like we have this Canadian connection. Oh, that's what it was, is I heard your accent. When I first heard a video, I'm like, oh, she's Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) That's my people. Well, really great to be connected. And I thought, you know, one of the one of the things that I wrote down about you is I feel like you are a spiritual disruptor because I do a lot of work in the spiritual community and there's all different types of paths and practices, lots of things. Um, But you push the edges of you don't give a fuck what anybody thinks or says or what they practice. And that to me is, is really the true heart of sovereignty. So I wrote that down as like a spiritual disruptor because you're so sovereign. I love that term. That just gave me chills. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you get there? Like what, what was the process of you truly owning your power? And I, I want, we'll go back to the earlier stages in a moment, but I feel like there was probably a time, because I, I can feel our connection sort of brewing the more time we're spending together, I feel like there was a time when you finally drew the line in the sand that said, I am no longer going to hide who I t- truly am to where you are now. Like, what was that like? So I don't remember the exact the exact moment, but I know I was either doing a live stream in my Facebook group or in one of my programs, and I was talking about magic and witchcraft, and I was teaching, and I was sharing the things, and I was talking about things that I had done before in my practice, but and I still believe in them. I think they're fantastic, but it's not what I was doing personally. And in that moment, I was like, I really feel called to talk about what I do, but I had a lot of hesitation because it's not like the the mainstream witchcraft. And I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid that people would think I was into some like really weird stuff. And it was that moment I was like, 
what am I doing? Like, why am I afraid to tell people what I'm doing when I know how much it's helped me? And I know how having a unique practice, especially with this kind of work is so important. And that was kind of like my, like, screw it moment. I'm like, if I can't be myself in my own business, what the hell am I doing? Mm, Might as well go work for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like that's a a big shift. And I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are on that that line still where they keep a lot of their spiritual practices either hidden or behind closed doors because of fear of judgment, really, and still wanting to belong to what they define as the norm. <laughs> um, what suggestions do you have for people to like start to dive into a little bit more of your truth? So with this, what's coming to mind is thinking about the conversations that you have when you're not online. So the conversations that you're having with your friends when you're out for coffee or having a drink over your kitchen table and things like that, who are you then? And how can you bring more of that to your online presence and into your business and into the things that you're sharing more openly? And it's never like we need to share our deep, dark secrets or air our dirty laundry. It's not about that, but it's just about allowing ourselves to be a human and allowing our true self to come out. And even if you do that in small baby steps, that's really going to help you move outside that comfort zone and just get used to interacting in that space as your most authentic self. Yeah, I love that. And so we'll just say that as kind of like the opener of what we're going to talk about today. That's a really good way of laying the foundation. So let's go back a few steps and talk about, uh, you know, how did you make the transition from, you know, working in a traditional business, which you owned yourself, so you already were an entrepreneur, into doing this spiritual work? And, And then we'll go a little bit more into the different types of paths that you explored. Cool. Yeah. So when I first started my first business, which was a house cleaning business, I was obsessed with personal development and the law of attraction. And I found as an entrepreneur, I just wanted to to see how big I could go, to see how much I could grow. And I went down this rabbit hole, spirituality, personal development, all the things. And I would be up at like four o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, reading this stuff, reading Tony Robbins Mm. and all that jazz. And then applying it and working on my own mindset. And I was like, this stuff is amazing. And I remember thinking the exact thought was like, you know what? I bet there's people out there who want help changing their life. And they don't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning and read a book. They just want to learn about it from someone who's actually doing it. And that was like the the light bulb moment. And I'm like, I bet you I could help some people. Like, I don't really know who I want to help right now or how I can help them exactly. But I'm pretty sure I can do something that's serving people this way that's really going to make me feel good. And then at the time, too, even though I had my own business, I was still locked into a schedule. So I had to show up at my cleaning clients' homes at certain times, Mm. certain days of the week. I was like, I've just created another job for myself. So it was this combination of wanting to do work that... I really enjoyed and wanting to move away from having to trade hours for dollars. And that was just the thing that pushed me in the direction of coaching. And then the spirituality piece, I was thinking about like, what do I know? What can I teach people? What can I really share about that I feel really interested in and what lights me up? And the magic, the witchcraft, that was always like an element that I was into from the time I was a kid that I got back into even more strongly when I started my first business. So I just sort of led with that when I first became a coach. And so what what different types of spiritual paths did you explore before you really felt like 
witchcraft was the one. And although I, I personally think it's the same, I have these conversations a lot between the difference between a spell and a ritual, right? Kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's how will, how willing you are to own a word that has a charge to it. But I feel like there's a lot of spiritual paths that are actual witchcraft, but people won't use that term. But did you look at other ways? Like, are there other studies that you did outside of the, the, personal development piece? Because I think a lot of people that step into the witchcraft field start with personal development. <laughs> yeah. So over the years, Christianity was the biggest one for me. And the types of Christianity I was into, it was the very mindset focused, like Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen, sort of like that positive thinking and you can do anything like that underlying theme. Um, I was into that a lot. And then I branched off and I remember going really hardcore into like the whole Harry Krishna thing. And I became like obsessed. I was like, there's... I think there's a temple in Toronto. I'm not 100% sure, but mm. I know there's some close by. And I actually went to Toronto for the Festival of India just to kind of like get a feel for it. And I thought maybe I'll be able to connect with some people. And when I went there, I ended up actually getting lost in Toronto. That's how great my sense of direction is. And I never made it to the, <laughs> the festival. But anyways, I was really into that. And I just remember like chanting and mindfulness and different things like that I was really drawn to. And then once I found out a little more about it, I'm like, yeah, this isn't exactly for me. Um, but I looked into like Buddhism and different things to do with Hinduism. And I just allowed myself to open up because for years when I was in church, it was very like, this is the path. You don't stray because if you look at anything outside of that, then you're going straight to hell. And so if I was in a bookstore and I saw a book on, you know, Hinduism or even like, I remember picking up a book on Scientology and being like, hmm, what's this? And I never went further into it, but I just allowed myself to explore. And I'm so glad I did that because that way I was able to just move in the direction I really felt called to do. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I think witchcraft is kind of like my jam. So that's what I came back to. It feels like you were led to like explore different things. I mean, it feels like you were given the opportunity, okay, look at this, not for me, look at this, not for me, but you learned so much in that process of exploring. And that happens to everyone as they start to explore their path, right? A book jumps out at you on the shelf. I mean, this actually happens all the time. It's like you, you ask, give me some direction on, you know, whoever you're asking, God, universe, goddess, uh, whatever you're asking, you know, show me that what's, show me what I need to learn. Next thing you know, boom, you pick up a book here and you pick up a book there. It doesn't mean that it's, you're locked into that for life, but you're just given like the little breadcrumbs. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of work I had to do on myself was knowing that it's okay to look at other things. Like you're not committing to a complete new religion just because you're reading a book about it and mm. having that freedom that just felt so expansive and so exciting for me. I was just like a sponge, just picking up different things that interested me. I feel like one of your strong archetypes must be like a seeker, like a knowledge seeker. Absolutely. It feels like this never ending quest in the best way possible. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing something, but at the same time, I'm like, what's around the corner? Like, what's the next thing that's going to give me the happy tingles? Which is what makes you so good to be coaching others. Because I've, I personally believe that if we stop learning ourselves, it's really hard to be a good teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So how did you get into the space of like coaching and mentoring others in this area? Like what made you go that specific direction? 
I feel it was something that I felt really confident in. Like, even though I knew I wasn't, like, an expert on witchcraft, it was something I'd been practicing for a while myself. And so I just started teaching the things that I knew. And so I didn't try to, you know, jump into different things, trying to be everything to everyone who was interested in that. But I thought, you know what? I've been practicing witchcraft off and on since a kid. I'm just going to share what I do with my own spells, how I create them, how I connect with spirits and things like that. And I just started sharing basically what I was doing in my my day-to-day practice with people. And that just felt really good because it was just an extension of what I was already doing. And were you sharing that primarily with just other individuals or did you start to focus on business owners and leaders at that time or did that sort of come down the road? Yeah, it's funny because when I got online, I had no intention of working only with entrepreneurs, but being in the online space for the first time, it was like I was sucked into this world and I was obsessed with it because I'm like, there's people out there making money online and they're coaching and they're doing this and they're doing that. And it just happened to be that most of the groups I was hanging out in were entrepreneur groups and a lot of them were spiritual entrepreneurs. And so those were the people that I tended to hang out with online. And then being an entrepreneur before I became a coach, that was sort of like, my in my blood like I just love working with business owners I just like the vibe of it and so I sort of just gravitated over to that area naturally yeah interesting so let's talk a little bit about your practice I'm sure those that are listening would love to hear more about what it's like a day in the life of an entrepreneur that you know has a practice of witchcraft and funny enough I just I did a a recording on my coaching app today around how to make how to put magic in the mundane um, because everything can be magical if you want it to be <laughs> but tell us a little bit about like what is a day like and then I want to talk about some specific areas that really interest me that you've posted about cool yeah so my day always starts off with coffee for first thing and then I journal and I I think journaling has just become one of those things that I include in my magical practice because it's such a huge part of how I shift and change internally. So I'll do some journaling. I'll do things like write out my my big picture vision. Like what do I want my life and business to look like overall? And sometimes I'll just put little like little bullet points, like nothing major, not full paragraphs, but I allow myself to just tune into that thing that I know I'm moving deeper and deeper into. And then after that, usually take my dog for a walk. I love that brisk, fresh air in the morning. It's like my all-time favorite part of the day. And I find that just gets me in a really good headspace. And then I meditate afterwards. I like to be up, have a couple cups of coffee, and kind of feel a little more alive before I sit down to meditate. And then meditation, I have like this love-hate relationship with it. So I know it's really good for me. I feel amazing when I do it. But there are times when I sit there for like five minutes, I'm like, okay, that's enough. And then other times where it's like a 30 minute, 40 minute session, and I'm just like all like zen out by the end of it. And then usually what I like to do on a daily basis is I'll connect with the main spirits that I work with. So I work primarily with demons right now. So there's like four or five that I connect with regularly and I call on their presence, their energy on a daily basis. Like I I cast a circle and have them come in. And then if there's something particular that I'm working on, then I will usually be working with a specific spirit for that thing. And then I will just do like my own my own form of like spirit communication where I'm basically just having a little chit chat with them and I, I like to incorporate automatic writing to receive messages, to receive guidance and things like that. And then I'll also include things like sex magic and blood magic, not every single day, but I'll usually, um, if I'm doing like a ritual over say like seven days or something like that, I'll be working that kind of magic for that period of time. But Mm. from the outside, it looks pretty boring because I'm usually just sitting down in front of my altar meditating. And Mm. I usually, I don't do that much with like candle magic 
anymore. But if I'm doing spell work, that's usually my go-to thing with that. I, ca- I like to keep things super simple, but it's meditation, spirit connection, sometimes a little bit of spell work thrown in there as well. And then I'll also incorporate like tarot readings and oracle readings for myself if I'm just looking for a little bit of guidance and direction too. That's because you are the motherfucking magic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the tools are great. We have tools. Tools are great. They add layers of allowing us to shift our energy, in my opinion. But you just so succinctly described the fact that you yourself have access to the, the magic. We don't need anything else to do that. But I have to go back and talk about demons. Like I wanna I wanna go deep into this. And I know it's a trigger for people. They think, oh my gosh, she's working in darkness and with you know those that come from hell. And I saw this really funny TikTok video the other day. Um, you know, I have quite this following on TikTok and um, somebody tagged me and it asked me to comment, which I'm not going to, but it was somebody that believes very much in Jesus only. And they said that anybody else that's channeling messages that's not from Jesus is channeling messages from demons. And I'm like, and? <laughs> that's in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, problem. <laughs> and? Um, but I'm not going to get involved in that. But I, I do think that there's such a negative connotation with that word. And I would love to hear more about how you classify, like, just give us the whole overview of, of demonology. Okay. So our main information that we have on demons comes from Bible fan fiction. Like, they're not even really mentioned that much in the Bible. They are a little bit. But it's basically stories that people have created about these entities that were actually for the most part, ancient gods and goddesses that literally got demonized when the church came through. And it was like, oh, you're worshiping this God over here? Well, that's evil now. You have to worship our God. And so they turned these entities who were never evil to begin with into something to be feared in order to control people. And the way I see demons, they could be ancient gods and goddesses. They could be um, just different different entities, different energies that for me feel very old. Like when I work with them, it feels like they're energies that have been here a lot longer than humanity has. But the underlying theme with demons is that they want to help humanity and they really want to teach us. That's their role is they're like the wisdom keepers of the earth and they want to share that information with humans in order to better our experience. So anything really that could be classified as any sort of spirit or entity could be a demon. It doesn't mean that they have to come from a specific area. It doesn't mean that they're associated with a Christian hell. It's just these, these entities that are here to help us on our path and to share their wisdom with us. But unfortunately, thanks to movies and TV shows and things like that, we have mm. these horrific, scary images of what demons are. And then we also have experiences from people who have had frightening things happen when they work with demons and we like possessions and things like that, even if they're not intentionally trying to connect with these beings. But for the most part, when that happens, it's either because that person comes from a background where they're taught to fear that. And so they have this underlying energy of fear when it comes to these different entities, or they're working magic in a way that is just so disrespectful to the spirits, of course, the spirit is going to retaliate and and do things to frighten them and scare them because the person's being a jerk, basically. Mm. Yeah, that that's really fascinating. There are a couple of things in there I want to talk about. The first is, I like this this idea of ancient wisdom coming from demons and that they're, you know, just you know, they've been cast aside from the patriarchy for being something powerful. And I read somewhere recently um, in a book, and I can't remember the book. If I think of it, I'll put it 
to a link to it in the show notes. But it talked about how like thousands of years when humans interacted with these now so-called demons, they just had more of an understanding that we are all light and dark. So they embraced the fact that a lot of gods and goddesses have deep, dark energy and are capable of destruction. Whereas today, a lot of humans feel very much like, I only want the light and airy. I don't want the difficult. So we've like been conditioned out of being able to understand the depth. Uh, and I thought that that was very succinct to what you just said, is this ancient knowledge exists, even if it's been um, labeled as something as bad. And I, I like that. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you actually call them in. Like, what is your process? Because when you said that you journal every day, I wrote down immediately that I feel like you're channeling. Like that's how you're channeling when you're either they're free writing or journaling, you're, you're channeling. And do you feel like you're calling the demons in to support you all the time? Yeah. So my process, when I connect with them, I'll sometimes work with their sigil, which most demons that you can Google what their different sigils are. And they're just these little designs that represent that spirit. And so I'll often have their sigil in front of me and I'll gaze at it softly to kind of help me get into a trance. And then I'll call on them. Um, some demons have these things they are called demonic ends. And I'm not sure if they're, if they're Gaelic, I'm not really sure where the language comes from, but it's just the these words that you can say that is mm. associated with certain spirits, or you can just call on the name of the spirit itself. If you know what that is and which you should probably know who you're calling on to begin with. Right. But then <laughs> what I'll do is I will, I'll go into like a light meditative state, gaze at the sigil, call on the spirit. And then what I like to do is I feel my energy expanding beyond my body. And so it's kind of like it's expanding out here beyond my body. And then I like to just imagine that the spirit's energy is coming around with me and it's just mingling with my energy. So I'm not being possessed by the spirit. It's not coming into my body fully, but our energies are connecting. And then from there, that's when I love doing the automatic writing which in the past I would just have a, a journal where I would I would doodle. And when I doodle and my pen's moving, that gets me out of my head and I'm able to con communicate with the spirit and ask it questions and get really clear messages because my mind is busy moving the pen around on a page. And I would get information that way. But then what I noticed is when I wanted to actually record the information is that I couldn't write fast enough and I ended up with these chicken scratches. So one day I decided to bring my laptop into my circle, which I had a ton of resistance around because I was afraid of blowing it up. I didn't want mm -hmm. the, the electronics mm -hmm. to go all haywire. And now I love it. Like I'll sit in my circle and I'll do that process to connect with the spirit and I'll open up a document on my computer and I'll just let my fingers go. And I'll just like, sometimes I'll just start typing to get my fingers moving to just get the energy flowing, just like I do if I'm doodling in my journal. But I find that way the, the information just comes through. It just comes through in a rush and I can type it out and then I have it for reference if I want to do anything with it afterwards. Do you ever hit record on your, with your mic? Cause I know you have a, you have a podcast, which we haven't even talked about. You have a podcast, but have you ever just turned on your mic and tried to channel what's coming through without typing it? I haven't, you know, I've never even thought of that. I'm totally going to try that. Yeah. I did it a couple of times. It's really interesting when you listen back, like you'll feel a little, uh, <laughs> It's different because your voice sounds a little different. I'd be so interested to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the second thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned that a lot of people, they, they if they call in demons and they don't know like how to work with them or if they don't know what that energy feels like, do you think that that's why people feel that the energy is negative or bad is because they've used a label to explain something that's unexplainable? 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I think sometimes, too, if people are trying to intentionally connect with demons, they might have that underlying fear or they might just assume that they're evil. And so they might be thinking, like, I'm going to connect with this entity for a good purpose, but that that fear is going to override things and that can create a bad experience. And as well with demons, in my like. My my dealings with them, my experiences with them, they're not exactly like the light, fluffy mm-hmm. vibe that a lot of people are used to. And so even though I've had – I haven't had negative experiences, sometimes when I'm working with a demon, they will – they'll just kind of like slap me upside the head with information. And it's mm. usually things that I need to see about myself, that I need to shift and change. But they don't sugarcoat things and they're very direct and to the point and they tend to point out – our shadow aspects that we need to do work around. And that's the really uncomfortable thing for a lot of people. Like you don't want to be faced with information that you have been avoiding for like 20 years. And that's where I feel a lot of people can be like, oh, okay, not going there. That didn't feel good for me. That didn't feel light and fluffy and warm and fuzzy. So we're not going there anymore. But you doing that allows you to show up and call the rest of us out on that, like in the way that you do your work. So I feel like that's really, that makes sense to me. Like knowing you the way that I do now, the way that you just described that makes total sense because you're getting um, the experience of truth in order to be that spiritual disruptor. And, and then you bring that forward to other people. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, that's the work is looking at our own stuff and deciding what we want to do with it. And it is uncomfortable. Like it is not, it's not always easy. It doesn't always feel good at all. But then once you see it for what it is, you're like, well, now I can, I can change it now. Now I have the power back and this thing is no longer like holding me back from creating what I want to create because I'm back in the driver's seat. I know that I'm the one who can shift and change things. Mm, I love that so much. So let's talk about Lucifer. Awesome. My favorite. (laughs) Yes, my favorite too. And I will tell you that I have not talked about this publicly on this podcast before. This is, I was waiting for you because there's not really anybody else that I know that has, has done significant work with Lucifer other than you and myself. And I... I find it to be really interesting because it is a different energy than a lot of other deities or energies or gods or goddesses that you work with. But to me, it was, it has been like the greatest amount of love mixed with mischief, like mischief, like fun trickster mischief. And I've never felt so protected in my life. Right. And so I think I had mentioned to you and I still again, I haven't talked about this on my podcast. I've only written about it in my book that is in the works that I I actually planned this really big headless right. And I did a lot of research, planned it, called in Lucifer. And it was the experience of me getting locked out of the house on like 14 acres of property at night naked, about to start a ritual, and all the doors slammed shut, locked, and I had no clothes, no phone, no nothing. And it was a really big story, and I'll save that for another day. But that's an example of the mischievous energy. But I knew that I was going to be fine, like it was all fine. It was all crazy, but fine. And I really love that energy. So it's something I deeply honor that you publicly talk about working with Lucifer. So I would love to hear about that experience. Absolutely. So I had been working with demons for a little bit before I got the real call to work with him. And when I got that nudge, I had a ton of fear come up, even though I was already, I thought I had like gotten rid of the whole religious baggage. I'm like, oh, no, it's still here because I'm scared. But I I sat with it for a little bit. And then I decided that I was going to connect with him. And I thought, well, I'll do like a proper ritual, get my candles, my altar, sigil, all the things. And I was out playing frisbee with my dog. I'm out at like 4.35 o'clock in the morning daily. So no one else is around. We're playing frisbee 
supposed to be down in the park. And I get this overwhelming feeling all throughout my body saying, now's the time. Like, we're going to connect now. And I knew it was him. I just, it was just this inner knowing. And I'm like, but I don't have anything around me. This isn't the proper way to do things. And he's like, no, it's happening now. And I ended up walking through this massive park and the chant that came through was something like Lucifer, show me your wisdom, show me your power and knowledge or something like that. And I felt really cheesy. Like I felt like it was a scene from the craft or something. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, thank goodness no one else is around me. Cause I feel like oh, a wacko. <laughs> I, I literally feel like that every day. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. Like this is the work. And so as I was chanting that walking across the park, I could feel this energy rising up through the bottom of my feet. And I got chills just talking about it running through my body. And I have never felt such an overwhelming presence before in my life. And it was this loving energy, but also very strong, very protective. And it like brought me to tears. And I was just like, who? And I was like, shaking and by the time I got to the end of the park and then the cool thing was after that like that felt like a very brief experience yet powerful and then on my walk home I walked past this building it's this giant insurance building and I'm, I'm out during that time of day often enough to know kind of what is going on outside that building and as I walked past that day all of the exterior lights came on all the big floodlights came on all at once just as I was walking past and Lucifer being associated with light I'm mm-hmm. just like Okay, gotcha. That is the sign. I'm taking that as a confirmation that I had some sort of like real true connection. And for mornings afterwards, I would go out and walk past that building intentionally around that time to see what was going on with the light situation. I haven't seen it light up like that since. So that was like my first encounter. Yeah. Amazing. So what do you believe the mythology to be about Lucifer? I mean, I don't want to talk about the Christianity of Lucifer's hell because to me, Lucifer is an underworld God, but underworld to me is not hell. So I don't see it that way. Um, But what do you like, what do you feel is the mythology around the story of Lucifer? So I see him being this this bringer of knowledge and wisdom to humanity. And I don't get too like tangled up with like the Christian mythology, but I like the whole idea of him being an adversary. Him saying like, you know what? Humanity is so ultimately powerful. They don't need to follow the rules of some god. Like they're completely able to live out their lives the way that they want to live it. I'm going to help them show I'm going to show them how to do that. I'm going to illuminate the path. I'm going to help them see their own way and bring them the knowledge and the wisdom that's already within them. I'm going to help them bring that out in them and help undo the programming that's kept them basically living in the matrix. Mm. So for me, he's kind of like a mishmash of different entities from different mythologies, but that's the general thing. It's that adversarial spirit still, but not necessarily a fallen angel, but definitely one who's on the side of humanity as opposed to any sort of god or deity that might be not really out for our best good. Yeah, he's not hanging up high in the cosmos, in the heavens. He is on the earth with the people. Walking with the humans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly the energy that I feel from him as well. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit more about what it's like after you've worked with Lucifer for a while. Because, see, for me, uh, I definitely took it very seriously. I didn't, my work with Lucifer was, I didn't take it lightly, which is probably why I got such, like, big, crazy things happening. Like, I know that... 
it was like this calling, like make it more, like I was just telling you, make it more magical in the mundane with Lucifer. And I'm like, ah, ah, <laughs> ah. Like I always felt like I needed to go to the crossroads. I always provided offerings. And actually it was with Lucifer that I did my first blood magic. And it was, um, it was an offering that I am often called to return to. And this is going to be really funny. I'm going to share this quick story with you. When I work with Lucifer and my other spiritual friends, I know some very gifted psychics and high priestesses. When I'm working with Lucifer and they come around, they feel his barrier. Like they, like we've had, we've had to like clear space, like say, it's okay. She's okay. We're friendly. We're friendly. They can feel this like big energy. Um, I thought you would find that interesting. It's, it's kind of fascinating, but the idea of having to formally do work with Lucifer is something that I've had to work to overcome. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a ritualist by trade, so I, I do a lot of rituals, but this felt very different. How did you get to the point of being able to build it into like a daily practice without having that fear of it being too big for the moment? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? Yeah, totally. And I've, I've heard from people who have worked with him that sometimes the energy can just be like too much. But for me, I find like if I'm, if I'm not feeling it, one day, like I don't, I don't sit down and force anything to happen. Mm. And I've noticed that even though I've plugged very strongly into that current, there are times when it doesn't feel as strong for me. And I've, at first that kind of bothered me. I'm like, cause I want that initial, like that feeling that I had in the park. And then I had a dream that he came to me in and it was insanely powerful as well. I felt sometimes like I was doing something wrong because I wasn't always into that current as strongly as I wanted to be, but easing off the gas and just like, you know, going without connecting for a few days or whatever, or really just allowing yourself to be led by your intuition and connect with him on the days that you really felt led to has really been helpful for me. So there's no pressure there to have a, even a more formal communication at my altar, but I know he's always there if I ever Mm. want to tune into his energy but the protection vibe, like I always feel, mm-hmm. I always feel that around me. And I think since working with him, one of the biggest things he's helped him with is boundaries. Because in the past, I would let people, I would let people in and then like, what the heck, like what's happening here? But since I've been working with him, it's like there's a wall up. And even if I'm in a space where I might be inviting something in that's not for my highest good, they don't get through. It's just mm. like, nope, you're not, <laughs> not getting anywhere close to her. So mm. that's been one of the perks for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being willing to have that part of the conversation with me because uh, I, I feel like you've described it in a way that's digestible for the masses that still have this conditioned fear. Again, with, with demons, with Lucifer, any of these things that people associate with bad, you know, to me is just, it's our shadow side. And it's, it is a different type of energy for sure. So those of you listening, if that's not right for you, don't don't do that practice. Like there's lots of other gods and goddesses to work with, but at some point in time, don't think that there is a dark god or a dark goddess that is going to like circle into your field and call you, you know, call you in. I I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, Okay. So let's talk about like your business. So what do you do with entrepreneurs and people now? Like how have you transformed into the coach and mentor that you are today? Awesome. So I love supporting entrepreneurs at different stages of their journey. And with the earlier, the people who are at the earlier stages, it has a lot to do with helping them get visible online and just get in the habit of marketing their business and feeling good about selling. And then for the people who are further along as well, so much of it has to do with just owning who you are and allowing yourself to just be fully expressed in your business. Because I find so many people there, myself included, in the past even more was like, I was just so afraid to put myself out there. I was just so afraid to be myself. And the thought of people actually knowing who I was beyond like, you know, 
surface level Facebook post was something that used to terrify me. But what I've realized and learned over the years is that the more me I am, the more I'm able to connect with my people. So helping other people just get used to that, get comfortable being themselves online is a big part of my work. And the other side of it is helping people tap into what they truly desire. And I'm thinking, I'm laughing a bit this because I just started watching this show Lucifer on Netflix. I'm really late to the party. Just started watching it. And every time he says, what is your true desire? I start laughing because I love talking about desires because we're, we're conditioned to, to just kind of go through life and do the things that we think we're supposed to do. And I was in that stage for years and years and years where I was ticking off the boxes of what I thought I had to do to be successful. And I, I was miserable. And so when I started just tuning in on a regular basis and asking myself, like, what do I actually want? Like, what do I actually want? If I didn't have to please anyone, if I could just do whatever I felt called to do, what would that be? And that felt really strange at first. So helping people with that process so they can create a life and a business that they're, they're in love with is just something that I adore. And that's for everybody. That's not just for entrepreneurs. Yeah. 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 So you, so you have two different pieces of, of your work because I, I mainly look any, anything that I've seen or participated with you has been as a spiritual entrepreneur. So looking at it from that perspective and the other pieces, anybody that even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you want to really explore what you truly desire and how to build magic and practice into it can work with you, right? Do you do one-on-ones in that area? Yeah, especially with my one-on-one, I tend to get those two different types of people, like the one strictly entrepreneurs, and then the other ones, they're, you know, they have a job that they love, but they want to learn how to incorporate magic and witchcraft and really really embody who they are throughout their life and their relationships in all areas. And then what I love is a combination of the two things where we get to incorporate both, but I'm good yeah. with either, either yeah. or. Yeah. Everybody's in different places and you've kept it open. So there's lots of opportunity to explore working with you. So I want to hear a couple of things about you that most people don't know. I'm, I'm, I always like the idea of, cause, because you have a podcast and I have a podcast, we talk, we talk a lot. We're good at talking, <laughs> but sometimes there's a few like little, like this is an example of me talking about Lucifer. This, this is something, if somebody would have asked me, what have you not talked about on your podcast? This would be that. So I would like to hear from you. Is there anything that you haven't talked about that would be like a nice little entrance into the secret world of Kelly Dawn? Oh, jeepers. This is an awesome question. Cause I'm pretty... I'm pretty open with my audience. I'm like, oh, what don't they actually know about me? But I think one of the biggest things that people might not really, I don't know, might not really, really get is how fear is one of those things that it's like, I feel like it's just with me. Like, I feel like sometimes I show up online and people will say like, you know, like you're just out there. Like you just don't care. Like you, you're whatever. But fear is one of those things that is something that I feel is along the ride with me. And it shows up in the most interesting places. Like last summer, I decided to start dating again and I haven't dated for a couple of years. I'm happily single and have been for a while. And I was working with a coach and it came up in our conversation around the thought of dating. And I had apparently a ton of resistance. And she's like, this is interesting. Maybe this is something we should dive into. And I remember it was like downloading the Tinder app on my phone terrified me to the point where I was like filled with anxiety. I thought I was going to puke just by like downloading a Tinder app. And it took me about a week before I could actually go on there and write a profile. Like that's how much like fear and resistance is a part of my life. But it's one of those things like even when we get used to moving through it, it's still it's still always there. And I find it pops up in the most interesting places for me where I'm just like, am I actually afraid of that? I'm afraid of downloading a dating app. And then 
like the stories that I was creating in my mind around that situation are like, what if I go on a date with someone and he's a serial killer? What if I end up butchered in the back of someone's car because <laughs> I'm going on a Tinder date? And as someone who coaches around like mindset and confidence and things like that, I'm like, you are absolutely insane. Like, what are you doing? Well, plus you are so well connected. You would know, like your, your energy would read somebody before that would even happen. You would know, like your intuition is strong in you, woman, you would know. <laughs> Um, what has that been like? I, I think I asked you this when we first chatted. What is it like um, dating as as an open witch? And I mean, I could I could share a crazy amount of examples recently where that has been such an interesting ride for me. That give me some knowledge. <laughs> How is it working? So one thing I learned very early on is to let people know right off the bat, like in my profile, I put that I'm into witchcraft and the occult because that weeds out a lot of people who are just a definite no for that. Good idea. Great idea. And then after that, though, what I find, <laughs> I found there's like two camps of people. The one, that they're the guys who are like, oh, did you put a spell on me? Is that why I'm in your DMs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, whoa, that's that's whoa. not it at all. Um, and then there's the other kind, um, which thankfully the experience I've had with dating, the guys that I tend to attract, they're just, they're interested in it. Like, not that they want to practice it, but they think it's really cool to date someone who's a witch. And what I found is it was kind of like a, a fine line where they're they're interested, they think it's really neat, but then once they're actually in it with me, as far as like, you know, like sleeping over and noticing like that spirit that's hanging out in the corner of the bedroom, that's when they kind of get a little bit, a little bit nervous. And mm. that's when they start to think, hmm, perhaps I'm not sure if this is really the right thing for me. But what I found is that it's it hasn't been horrible, but it's definitely been more challenging dating as an open witch than it was beforehand, just because there's so many misconceptions out there. And mm -hmm. some guys think like, you're a lunatic who thinks like the world is like Harry Potter kind of thing. And I'm just like, well, that's not exactly what it is. Maybe it isn't sometimes, but it's interesting to see, I feel because we're in this world and we're used to it, we're used to practicing and talking to other witches where it's almost normal for us to see yeah. how it's viewed from the outside is really interesting. And that can also be super frustrating. Mm, that is totally true. Um, speaking of Harry Potter, I mean, we could call we could call those un, not in the field, you know, muggles. <laughs> and you're right when you when you work and live in the field of it all the time, you forget what the reaction is outside of the people who already have a little knowledge or interest, right? Um, very interesting. Well, good for you for getting past that fear and for acknowledging that how fear still shows up in our life because it shows up in our life still all the time. That's part of still being a human. We always have levels to shed. So my last question for you is, um, well, I'll have another question after this, but my last question on, on this area for you is how can people get started? Like, what do you suggest, you know, how do they start building some type of calling into their practice? If they're feeling that little bit of excitement, I call it the quickening. When we're having this conversation, they're feeling this quickening of their pulse, but they don't know what that means. <laughs> how do you suggest they get started outside of contacting you? So with that, I would suggest that people notice the nudges that they're getting around particular spirits. Like if you're if you're feeling called to do this kind of work, chances are there's something or someone that's that's in your field that wants to connect with you. And for me, how this happened is that I would just 
be listening to podcasts and like certain spirits would be mentioned. I'm like, oh, there's that spirit again and again and again. And so just notice what you're being drawn to and move in that direction. So maybe that's doing your own research and doing some Googling around who that entity is. And then when you notice that feeling of like, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm fearful. It's all about knowing what that that feels like in your body, because there's definitely a time when it's a no, where especially when you're Mm -hmm. working with different types of spirits, some of them, they don't want to work with us. And so knowing what feels like a yes for you in your body is so, so important, because when you get that, then you know it's a go ahead with the spirit as well, because your energies are like mingling. But sitting down and doing like a quick meditation you know, just centering yourself and then asking that spirit um, if they want to connect with you. And if they do, just just like we have conversations with people, like we don't need to rush in and marry a person after knowing them after two months, but we can sit down and have a conversation and be like, Hey, like, you know, I would just love to get to know you a little bit better. And then just remain open for those messages that are coming through, whether they're visuals or like messages, messages, or maybe just just a feeling that you're getting and just noticing how you feel throughout that process and just checking in with yourself and asking like, does this feel good for me still and move forward as long as you get that? Yes. Yeah. I love that you're telling people to come back to their body and listen and listen. And maybe also be curious if you feel fear, because maybe you're just adding it in the category of fear because it feels unknown. Unknown does not mean bad or scary. You have to really differentiate between the two. Yeah, I was shaking in my boots when I had my first demonic encounter. Like it was something I was making a conscious like decision to do. It wasn't anything that happened by accident, but I was just like I knew that doing that was going to unlock a lot of things within me. And I time moving through the fear of working with demons to breaking through a lot of fears in my own business and life and all mm-hmm. areas. I just tie those things all together and I'm so grateful I was able to to do that because I was, I was shaking. I remember the exact like place I was sitting, but when we just decide to move forward, when we know it's something that we're really called to do, it's amazing that that feeling that we get when we're like, Oh, I did it. Like I did the thing that I was thinking it was going to be really difficult or I thought it was going to be really scary and I'm okay and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I get to do things that I might feel afraid of doing. But like you said, it's that unknown thing that's the most looming. And then once we do the unknown thing, it's like, oh, okay, that's not so bad at all. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for everything, Kelly. You, I think that you are doing a really wonderful job of pushing the edges of people's beliefs in order to help them step truly into their power. So I deeply, you know, deep bow to you, woman, deep bow. (laughs) Tell people how they can find you. So the best place is over on Instagram. You can find me at I am Kelly Dawn. And I also have a free Facebook community called the Witch Revolution. Mm, wonderful. I'll put the links to that in the show notes. And thank you so much for being with me. I It's such a pleasure. And I look forward to chatting again soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And for everybody listening, regardless of which app you are listening to us on, please give us a rating and review because it helps us reach more people. And if you haven't yet joined my community over on Newspired, I'll put the link in the show notes. You can join me for weekly conversations and chats on all different types of spiritual paths. Thank you. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us today on any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. 